Hello, and welcome to the Leader Life Podcast. I'm Brittany Watson, the host of the Leader Life Podcast, and I'm super duper excited. Um, I'm back for episode number six. I have a special guest with me today. Um, I guess you could say he's my little boo. <laughs> I want to talk about today alongside with my phenomenal husband, Isaac Watson. He is an author. He is also a podcaster. Um, if you don't already, if you are not already subscribed to his podcast, Church Talk with Isaac, I think that you should do so. Um He's rolling his eyes at me right now, <laughs> but I wanted to bring my phenomenal husband on. You want to say hi to the people? Hey to the people. <laughs> I wanted to bring him on today to talk about things they don't like, things they don't like. I feel that so often when you hear relationship advice, whether you're married or single, you often hear it one-sided and you, when we're dealing with women, you hear it specifically from a woman's perspective. So I thought it would be really good to bring in my husband um, to just share his perspective on a lot of different things. So for those of you who do not know, um, we've been married going on seven years. Burr, 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 burr. You. Okay, thanks, babe. <laughs> We've been married going on seven years, very healthy marriage, very grateful for what God has done in and through us as a married couple as well as individuals. Um, but even before we were married, I feel that we both had two separate stories that ultimately just changed so much about who we were. And so I just wanted to bring him in. So I'm just going to jump right on in it. Um, for those of you who do not know, my husband is a straight shooter. Um, <laughs> so he's probably going to say whatever he feels like saying. And we welcome him here um, in the Leader Life community. So welcome, Isaac. Thank you, sweetheart. I am excited to be um on this episode, I think that you've been doing a phenomenal job with the Leader Life uh, podcast and the Leader Life brand. And I'm just excited um, to see and witness what God uh, will continue to do through this platform. So many lives are going to be touched. So I'm ready to jump into this conversation. Okay, let's do it. So I often see, and it kind of grinds my gears and irritates my entire life. Um, so I see a lot of women that may date different type of men. So you have a woman that in one season maybe dating a church guy and so then they become overly churchy they become overly religious everything that they're posting on social media is god scriptures they go on a church they show in their church shoes whatever the case may be and then the moment that that does not work out and they end up dating someone else maybe he's more hood or more whatever he's into um i've seen a lot of women begin to just gravitate towards towards those things um i believe just trying to market themselves so to speak as a, to be a particular type of way. And so my question for you, because it annoys the crap out of me, um, but from a male's perspective, how can you determine or can you determine the real from the fake, the false flagger? Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, for one, when you have people that are able to just switch on and off, just depending on who they're around, chameleons, depending on who they're around, is really just, I believe, uh, it just signifies that they really have an identity issue. Um, and whenever you have an identity issue, a compromised um, identity, um, it's, it's very easy to just adapt. So you adapt your personality, you adapt your interests, you adapt um, and switch you know, your foundation as far as, 
um, how you want people to perceive you. Um, and I think that when you have a man who may be more secure in, in who he is, um, it's, it's, it's easy to be able to discern the real from the fake. Um, one of the things that I would probably say uh, easiest, probably one of the easiest ways to actually see who someone really is, is by getting around the people that are closest to them. Uh, because people will always, it's, it's easy to put on a face and it's easy to portray who you want them to see. But if you really want to know who someone is, get around them, get around their, their family, their siblings, their parents, their closest friends. And a lot of times if they ratchet, you're going to see that ratchet come out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if they're ignorant or if they're arrogant or if they're rude um, or whatever the case may be, a lot of times you're going to see it come out by how they interact with the people that's closest to them. So you're basically saying that um, from your perspective that you can identify a false flagger. So for us women that are out there just trying to put on to get the attention of a, sp- a particular guy, I just think that, like you said, the identity piece is so major. Like once you are solidified in who God has called you to be, the right guy or the right people, even if it's not like marriage wise, the right people will find you and they would embrace you for you. I think one of the most dangerous things ever is to see how women switch up and just try to um, become a chameleon or try to do certain things to get the attention. And what happens is you don't really, you're not really even strong enough to carry that whole thing out. So what happens is if a guy, you know, I will use the term fall in love, but we all know that we don't believe in that per se. But what happens if a guy falls in love with you or um, you get into a relationship with the guy who, who you've made yourself to be a certain type of way. And so now you have to live up to that standard because this is what that guy or that person um, perceived you to be based upon how you marketed yourself. And so I just think it's very dangerous. And I think what you said, babe, is very key. Um, that identity piece is so major. And I feel like that's a reoccurring topic, even throughout the podcast, identity, like in every aspect of our life, the more that you're not solidified in your identity, it just begins to affect everything. Now you're just trying to do too much, you know? Um, And, And then what begins to happen, quite honestly, you can only keep a front on for so long. And it becomes exhaustive. It becomes very exhausting when you try to keep this this mask or this front on. And eventually the real you is going to start showing. Yeah, I agree with that. So would you would you consider that to be well, you're married to to me now, a Uh phenomenal woman, Uh (laughs) phenomenally. Uh, (laughs) But would like pre-marriage B.C. or B.B. before Britney, um, did you find those things to be turnoffs? Like what were some things that was a complete turnoff to you as you, so we know you were different. My husband, he was very intentional. He knew he wanted a wife. He wasn't really, well, you were out here playing around, but deep in your heart, don't be putting me on blast. (laughs) Deep in your heart, (laughs) you knew that you eventually sooner than later wanted to have a wife, Mm -hmm. wanted to establish a family. So what are some things for you that was a complete turnoff in your single state or in your single, um, season what are some things that women did or that you experienced that completely turned you off that maybe people think is the way to go but maybe not so much from a male's perspective well for one you know I I did not like exactly what you said when women put on a front and they try to portray to be a particular thing because like you said um when we met and and even before we met um I've always known that I would be doing some of the things that I'm doing now 
Um, so sometimes you'll have a, and, and quite honestly, it does take a certain type of woman um, in order to deal uh, with a man in ministry or, you know, vice versa. It takes a certain type of man to deal with a woman in ministry, you know, just however you want to look at it. But at the end of the day, one of the things that can, is a complete turnoff is when a woman tries to put on a front because she, you know, she tries to portray what she thinks you want. And uh, I think that one of the most important things that a woman can be is authentic. If you ratchet, be ratchet. You know, if you, <laughs> if you're creative, be creative. Let, let the, let the, let the man see you and who you are. And then over time, it'll play out whether or not that relationship will, uh, will stand Okay, so you're basically saying like, just be you. Like, like you said, if you ratchet, be ratchet. If you quiet, be quiet. And I think that that just should give us so much peace, um, just to be able to fully embrace and be yourself. Because we, I, I mean, like, I wouldn't. Have, it's too much, you know. Like, it's too much to put on and to keep having to put on. Like, mm-hmm. I just think like that was really, really good what you said. So as far as like, you just didn't like. The fake. You didn't like that fake stuff. So what about in our culture now where they talk about like the aggression of women? So now we have women who are proposing to men, um, which is so countercultural, right, for us as Americans. Um, how was aggression or assertiveness? Because I would find myself, I, I would consider myself to be a very assertive person, a very aggressive woman, Um how like how was that how was that perceived from your perspective like in dating like women who were very assertive very aggressive like is that a turn off or a turn on or is it kind of situationally are you talking about you yeah i'm talking about period i mean but i guess we could talk you could talk about me um because i know for me i probably did some abnormal things um so initially when me and my husband we met each other. Of course, we wasn't really checking for each other by far. Okay. Um, <laughs> we wasn't really checking for each other, but when we met each other, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, they're cool. And then we ended up meeting up again at a church event. Um, I went to his church and it wasn't on no Fugazi stuff. Okay. I wasn't trying to get chose because I wasn't there for that. Um, but I ended up going to his church. Um, and I saw him there. And from that moment, uh, I think we both talked about how like God had kind of highlighted us in that moment, not the moment that we met, but in that moment at the service. And I remember after the service, we were talking and I was like, Hey, let's exchange numbers or social media, something like that. So I initiated that part of us communicating further beyond that church event. So you could be completely honest. I don't mind, but how did that, how did you receive that? How did I receive that? Let me see. Um, well, for one, uh, (laughs) you told me I could be honest. (laughs) So, uh, you know, with us not really knowing each other at that time, uh, for me, every every guy is different, but I would probably say for me, um, that level of I guess uh, upfrontness, that level of aggression, I was probably like, oh, she's a little too aggressive, um, just because like you know, for me at that time, you asking me, I didn't I didn't take it like, hey, let's exchange numbers and keep in touch. I took it like Shorty trying to get my number. Oh, you took it like I was thirster. I took it, yeah, like you was acting a little thirsty. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was that was just 
from me not knowing you at that time. And of course, after, you know, after time it went by and we had talked a little bit, um, I got a better understanding as far as what your intentions were. But just from like first impression, I did think that you were you were trying to get my number. Uh, and for some men, uh, certain levels of aggression can be can be a turnoff, to be quite honest, um, where where it can look like the woman is is being the pursuer or whatever the case may be. And of course, I know now a lot of that is just cultural. Um, and then a lot of that is, is based upon how you may have been brought up or even your own paradigms or perspectives. Um, but. Over time, getting to know you, I knew that wasn't your heart. So I was not out here thirsty, let's be clear. But I think that that's important. Like, I wanted you to be completely honest because now we have a culture where... Um, not saying that you should silence your assertiveness or your aggression, but now we even have, we're at the place now with women, they're even initiating, like I talked about marriage proposals, they're even initiating those conversations. And so... You're saying that from your perspective, now we understand you don't speak for all men, of course, right, of course. Um, but from your perspective, that aggression could be a complete turnoff and could could have potentially sabotaged our future um, if, we, if you did not further the conversation and just see that, oh, she didn't mean anything by that. Um, so what would you say to the woman? But you know, I, I thought she was cute or whatever. Oh my God. Of course. So, so, you know, I didn't just, you know, disregard it. Well, thank you, babe. But what would you say to the woman? So, you know, we have a lot of women who are at the prime age that they feel like they should be established. They should be not established because marriage doesn't necessarily make you established. Let's be clear. Um, but maybe really want to be married. And so I've seen in a lot of different cases where they're basically going up to these guys like, you my husband. Um, taking the assertiveness or taking, you know, being aggressive in that, what would you say to that woman? Like how, what, from your perspective, what is the balance in that? So I'm glad you use the word or ask the question, what's the balance in that? Because I do believe that in the society and time that we're living in now, things are evolving a little bit. And, um, I don't want to get like too Bible biblical, but you know, when it talks about, uh, a, a man that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Of course, in our American culture, when we read that, um, you hear a lot of people say, well, that means only the man can find the woman. It right. says that a man that finds a woman. But really, if you, you know, when you when you look at a who it was written from, who it was written by, this is written by Solomon, who didn't just have one wife. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. So you got a man who that actually would not even really apply the same way to his culture as it did to our culture. So it wasn't that the man was finding the wife. The word actually means to, to attain uh, or to possess a wife um, has a good thing, in other words. So um, I think that when we, when we talk about our culture today, there does have to be a balance because I do not, I believe that there are a lot of single women that will probably remain single um, because they may be interested in someone, but they're afraid to show interest in that person because of their own legalism. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with showing interest as long as you're not coming off as aggressive um, or thirsty. Um, and then you still have men today who, who still take the traditional approach. And if they're interested in you, they may not have an issue with approaching you and saying that they're interested in you. Well, at the same time in this culture, 
you have men who may be a bit more shy. They may not be as aggressive. Uh, and uh, sometimes you just you just got to kind of weigh it out. You got to weigh it out. And, um, you know, you just got to kind of see um, where to go with it, how to approach the situation. But, you know, my point is that every situation is not the same. Right. Every individual is not the same. Um, and uh, just depending on whether or not you actually know the person that you're interested in or whether they're a stranger. So many different dynamics can go into it, which ultimately affects your approach um, in in pursuing or uh, showing interest in that in that situation or relationship. And I think that's really good. I think that what you said is every situation is different yeah. because what I've often seen and even people who are supposedly relationship gurus or whatever the case may be, they begin to tell their story and then they lay it out as if it's the blueprint for everybody. And so you got everybody out here trying to do what sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so or whatever they did to obtain, um, a marriage when in fact that worked for them. Um, I think at the end of the day, this is where the God factor comes in. This is where you understand, understanding and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you in all things. Because for us who are believers, and this is a faith-based um, podcast for sure, but we just believe that Holy Spirit can lead us only when it comes to certain stuff. But mm -hmm. even as far as Holy Spirit can lead us, even as far as, okay, say this, don't say that. Okay, watch this. Or, or like certain things like that the Holy Spirit can literally convict us and just help us be postured so we won't sabotage futuristic things. So I think that was really, really good. Um, what you said, everything is situationally. I don't think it's nothing wrong. Would, would, um, having a certain standard or setting it out or laying it out. Like this is what it's going to be. This is not what it's going to be. I don't think it's nothing wrong with that, but I do feel like we don't want to be overly aggressive. And then like, we come in this relationship or you go into things overly aggressive, trying to act as the head. And then you want the man to end up, you want the roles to reverse, but it's like, you set the standard for what this is going to look like off back initially. And it's not that easy to switch roles or it's not that easy to kind of like turn down a certain part that you've already super duper exposed. Um, so I think that's really, really good. The last question that I'm going to ask you is how quickly did it take you to know that I was your wife? Because I see people, they're engaged for like 10 years, they're engaged for like five years or whatever the case may be. And of course, everything is situationally. But from your perspective, does it take that long? I think that's a really good question. Um, I think, I believe that when you are intentional, intentionality speeds up the course. That's what I believe. When you got two people that's playing games and you got one person that don't know if they want to be with you, you got the other person that wanted, they committed in one season and you breaking up and getting back together and you don't know what you want to do, then of course it takes longer. But when you have two people who are very intentional, very upfront, their communication, their conversations are intentional, it doesn't take long as well. So um, I don't know if Brittany, I don't think Brittany talked about our process before in any previous um, episodes. Um, but you know, we met, Brittany and I, we met in April, 2013. We developed a friendship. Check this out. I, I was at a point to where I was able and ready to propose to her in one year. So we met April, 2013. I proposed to her April, 2014, and we were married by that following September. So from the time that we met, met, 
to the time that we got married, it was a year and five months. And we're going on seven years of marriage this coming September. So, (laughs) so I don't believe that it takes long, um, as well. I don't get how people can be in these relationships and they be together five, 10, 15 years with no commitment. Like how long does it really take to get to know someone? How long does it take to make a decision to know whether or not you want to be with someone? I mean, if you're together that long without any commitment, somebody's either playing games, someone's insecure, they're not ready really to even be in a relationship, or they're just trying to fill a void because they're lonely, but they're afraid of commitment. So I believe that, um, I don't think it takes long um, at all, and that's our testimony, but I've also seen that just as a pattern and as a principle, that intentionality speeds up the process. That's really good. So I, I, I'm glad that you even touched on being intentional. Um, I do believe like in our process, like from day one, like you were like, I'm not looking for a friend, so to speak. Well, we were friends, but like you were very upfront, like um, straightforward that you were looking for a wife, that you wanted a wife. And so even for me, that scared me a little bit. You know, I wasn't really used to men kind of like, being intentional at all like I feel that you were my first church guy that I ever dated even though I was raised in the church you know that's a whole nother story but um the you being intentional scared the crap out of me but I liked it because I felt like I never experienced that before and I do agree that you being intentional all of our conversations like it wasn't surface based like what's your favorite color or I mean even though we we did that type of stuff but that wasn't the basics like we didn't play around like we talked like some deep stuff and like really dealt with core things to see if we were actually compatible like that I think that's what being intentional is is like trying out different things viewing each other or seeing each other from a different lens to see if that person is actually compatible so yeah surface-based things did take place but most of our conversations was just to see compatibility Mm -hmm. to see if it would actually be fruitful um and i think that that's something um that really carried us and really helped us through. We always talk about that. We argue more then than we do now that we're married because Mm -hmm. we were trying to get so much out trying to see each other for real before you propose to me. Um, so I think that's phenomenal. Um, and I just encourage everyone who's listening or who will eventually hear that. You want to say something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say one more thing okay. about before you, you he's trying to take over my podcast, but okay, go ahead. I'm not, no, 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 no. I ain't <laughs> trying to take over. I just, I, I think that this is important, uh, for the listeners to hear, you know, when we are talking about, um, uh, you know, how quickly it takes to make up your mind, to determine, you know, for me to determine whether or not Brittany was my wife, I think something else that you have to consider is that many times people think that, you know, you're going to have this dream or, you know, people think that you have to just have this feeling, this gut feeling when the, when the truth of the matter is that you simply have to grow up and make a decision and you have to stick to your decision after, you know, after I have grown and I've made a decision to love her, even while we were courting, I've made that decision. As a man, you also make a decision. I'm not going to play with someone's future. I'm not going to play with someone's emotions. I'm not going to play with my own future or my own emotions. Love commits. As simple as that. If you love somebody, you make the decision to commit to them. Um, so I just want to kind of to 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 just kind of create. 
uh, a conversation or at least present a point to where we demystify that whole idea that it has that you got to see, you know, you got to see something fall. You got to see something miraculous fall out of the sky or anything like that to know. No, you have to be an adult. You have to you have to and, and you have to make a decision that if you love this person, then you also are willing and open to commit to this person. So good. So good. So thank you for tuning into the Leader Life Podcast. If you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast. And while you're listening, take a snapshot or take a picture of the podcast and tag Leader Life and Brittany V. Watson on Instagram to continue the conversation. Thank you so much. Until next time, have a good one. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Leader Life Podcast. Please follow us on all social media platforms at Leader Life and visit our website at leaderlife.com.